Welcome to the Falling Skies Cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. And welcome back to the Fallen Skies Cast. I am Jimmy and Georgia, your host, per usual. And tonight we are here to talk Falling Skies Season 2, Episode Number 3, entitled Compass. And this was a uh, another good one, I believe, this week. It was a little slower, I think, probably, than the first week's um, kind of more action-based storyline. But we did get some skitter and mech action. We did get some fighting. We had a good fight between Tom and Pope. Uh, had some good drama with Ben and how he was relating to everyone and... Definitely has some interesting things going on there with, with Skitter Blood Ben. But before we get into too much conversation here about Compass, let's go ahead and jump into a little bit of what we like to call Falling Skies News. And the last week we didn't have that, but this week we have some things to talk about as far as ratings for these first couple episodes and uh, some other stuff like Comic-Con news and things. So let's go ahead and jump into that here now. From the Falling Skies Cast Studios, it's the Falling Skies News with Jimmy and Emmy. Alright, well, I am recording here a little later this week than I had planned. It is Monday night, it is June the 25th, and just about an hour ago, I saw there on Facebook that Falling Skies official Facebook page did announce that Falling Skies will be at Comic-Con July 13th. They will have the uh, you know typical Comic Con panel. There'll be times where people can get autographs, but probably most importantly for us fans, there is a time where they will show kind of a preview of the rest of the season, which will be just a few more episodes at that point, um, July thirteenth there. So that's definitely pretty cool stuff. And the uh, talent that is announced to be there thus far, and uh, I mean I guess it could change, but right now they're planning to have Noah Wiley, Moon Bloodgood, Will Patton, Drew Roy, Connor Jessup, Colin Cunningham, Sarah Carter. And Ruby Abishan, I think is how you say that. And the moderator of the panel, which makes a lot of sense considering his little web show, Will Wheaton. So it adds a little extra street geek cred there. And then uh, in addition to that panel at 4.30 on Friday, July 13th, they will also have autograph signings at the Dark Horse Comics booth at 6 p.m. So if you're out there at Comic-Con this year, I definitely would love to hear your report, your thoughts, or whatever you saw. Now, last year I had a, a gentleman we made contact with over on YouTube that was gracious enough to allow us to use some audio from his video of the Falling Skies panel. So hopefully we can find another source similarly this year. But hey, if you're going you have the means to record it on your iPhone or whatever, let us know. We'd love to have your audio of the panel. That'd be great. All right, some other news to jump into. Last week, Fallen Skies did have to go up against the NBA Finals, and and this thing's uh, TV by the numbers was reporting our genre shows impervious to sporting events. It's like one of those things. If you're a big sci-fi fan, you might not be a big sports fan. I mean, I enjoy sports. I used to play sports, you know, high school football and intramural stuff in college and whatnot. But yeah, sports is not that important to me. I'm more of a geek at this point in my life, and so I would much rather watch Fallen say the NBA Finals. Uh, I haven't really been interested in the NBA personally since 99 or so. I think it was when the uh, strike happened and Michael Jordan retired. Uh, and that was about it. And he did come back with the Wizards later. And that wasn't a very great idea, I don't think. But anyway, Falling Skies did debut last week with 4.461 million viewers and a 1.5 adults 18 to 49 of that two-hour premiere up against Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Last year, the first episode did rate 5.9 million viewers with a 2.0 in the 18 to 49. So I think that's kind of cool that um, TV Bound and Numbers had all those ratings right there on their site. And then for this yesterday episode, um, Compass, I'm really not seeing the numbers up for that. I, I see today they were they were posting Friday's cable numbers, so I'm guessing uh month sunday saturday sunday cable numbers maybe won't be up until tomorrow i don't know that for sure i just don't see it here as of yet as of recording all right well i guess that's gonna wrap up this section uh i guess we'll talk about the ratings for the second episode compass or third episode technically of compass next week uh, and also right here i guess we'll go ahead and jump into a new little segment that i've uh <laughs> i don't know let's have this random idea my mom is a big science fiction fan and so i decided i would try to most weeks if i can 
for this season for the next few weeks to give her a call and just see what she thought about uh, you know the previous week's episodes of Falling Skies. And uh, so here in just a second, we're going to jump in and have Mama in Georgia, as I will refer to her, I guess, here to four on the show. And uh, we're we're going to have her say just a few things what she thought about the premiere of Falling Skies. Hey there, what you up to? Oh, just watching TV. Oh, that's good. That can be fun sometimes. Right. Well, how's your day been? It's been a, been a good one. Well, that's good. So, so did you get a chance to watch Fallen Skies this last week? Oh, I did, and it was good. Yeah, it really, it really was. I think it was the best one I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it probably was. I, I don't disagree at all. But it's more action and just, I don't know, I just liked it. So what do you think about Tom? Do you think he's uh, still okay? Do you think aliens messed him up or what? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think it's hard to tell a little bit, but I, I think just the way he didn't trust himself about it makes him... I think he's good, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think just the way he was acting kind of made it look like he was okay because of him not trusting himself or whatever. But I think it's pretty good. Definitely good week this week. And then you have that one alien that, like, let him go and then show back up at the end. Right. And so I think there's something definitely going on there, and we don't know what that is just yet. So. Which maybe he, they've already turned him, and he's, he's bad, you know. I don't know. I mean, that actually would be kind of interesting if he was kind of a sleeper agent like he was kind of telling Ann that one time. Right. So, I don't know. Definitely kind of want to wait and see what happens. You hear the feedback when I talk? Yeah, just a little. Yeah, I can hear myself, and then I hear myself again. <laughs> That's not too bad. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get you on the show just real fast, have our new little segment, Mama in Georgia or whatever, here on the Fallen Skies cast. So, I do appreciate you talking with me just for a little bit about Fallen Skies, Mom. And uh, we'll... See you next time. We'll get back to the rest of the show. I hope y'all have a good time. I hope so, too. All right. Thanks, Mom. All right. Well, that was our initial inaugural, whatever you want to call it, Mama in Georgia segment here on the Falling Skies cast. And I hope y'all enjoyed just a few minutes with my mom. She is definitely where I got my uh, love for the sci-fi genre uh, back growing up with, you know, old episodes of Star Trek or, you know, she's the one who introduced me to the Star Wars as a child. She's the one who purchased me all the Star Wars toys when I was a kid. Um, as like a three-year-old, I remember um, that was like Star Wars Christmas galore. And even though I was just a little kid, so that was awesome. So thanks to, again to mom for showing up here. Mama in Georgia, as I refer to her since uh, I refer to myself as it's Jimmy and Georgia here in the podcasting circles. All right. Well, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies feedback. We had an email on the 23rd a few days ago, um, and they didn't give their full name, but their last name was Diver, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, they made reference to My Lie, and it was one of the things I had a question about last year. I could not find that. I wasn't even sure what they were saying, or how did they like, and I didn't think about putting on closed captions at the time. Their title of the subject here on the email was Podcast Reference to Malai. The Malai Massacre was committed in March 1968 by U.S. soldiers of Charlie Company, led by Lieutenant Cali. Close to 500 unarmed Vietnamese civilians were killed, most of whom were women, children, and the elderly. Many of the women were raped and some of the bodies were mutilated. Public discourse of the massacre after a major army cover-up fueled the anti-war sentiment that led to the end of the Vietnam War and the court-martial of Cali and other officers. Appreciate that because, like I said, I wasn't sure what it was about, so it definitely fills in the gap there for our Falling Skies cast this week in history from last week. That was one of the gaps in our uh, talk there. I definitely appreciate you listening, and I definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate you taking the time to send us an email. That is very cool. We also got another email that actually early this morning um, from a guy named Jason. And Jason, honestly, maybe like some other people who, um, for whatever reason, they see the Falling Skies cast at gmail.com, and they might think that's like an official email, and I think we've talked about this before. You know, it's not. I, I'm just a fan. I like the show. I'm a big sci-fi guy anyway, so I love Star Wars. My office is a Star Wars room. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that very much on the show, but it is. There's Star Wars posters on two walls. There's collectibles and toys and stuff all around. But anyway, this is the message from Jason. And again, I do think this was more directed to TNT-type 
official people. But here, I'll, I'll, I'll read it here, and I haven't responded back to him just yet, but I'll, I'll be sure to do that. He says, Hello, my name is Jason. I think your show is good, but as a Catholic, I don't appreciate the fact that one of your main characters, who acts as a degenerate hoodlum biker, was given the name Pope. I feel, in a way, that indirectly, you are mocking our cherished Pope in Rome. You mean, out of all the names you could have picked, you choose Pope, especially for such a character Pope plays in your series. To me, it doesn't seem like a coincidence. It's like you're trying to refer to the public that our Catholic Pope is a corrupt hoodlum criminal. I feel like you're purposely degrading the Catholic Church, which seems the thing everyone wants to do these days. I notice the Catholic Church is the religion that is always under attack, and it's getting very sickening. One more thing, the word Pope... I don't recall it ever being used as a person's common name. The word Pope is a religious status or title in the Catholic Church, which is another reason why you should not have used this name in your show, especially, as I've said before, as a degenerate hoodlum criminal. Speaking from, for, for all Catholics, I think it was a deliberate slander and mock on the Catholic Church. Obviously, none of your cast or producers are Catholic. That's quite clear, Jason. And so, yeah, I do think Jason was trying to direct that directly to you know, TNT or the producers or whoever. And so I, if I can figure out a way of forwarding his message over, I'd you know, be glad to be able to share his opinion there. And honestly, I never considered the fact that someone could find that offensive. I could see how it's true, like he said. I don't I don't know. I mean, I'd, I actually have known people named Pope. One of my good friends in college was named Doug Pope. I didn't call him Pope, called him Doug. But, you know, I didn't really think about that name as uh, far as, uh, as the papal office in in rome i never thought about it before but i can see how that is possible so like i said if i can find where i should send that information i may send it to one of my contacts there in the publicity department but hey one of my listeners said this i think jason does have have some sort of a point i don't i don't think that it, it's meant as a direct attack personally if you'd like to share your thoughts on that please do uh, we can open up the uh, the channels on something like that and i think that's a good way to get discussion started emails or calls or whatever i definitely think that's an important part of the show and, and it definitely is uh, appreciated when you guys are able to send in some stuff like that all right so apart from those couple emails we definitely had a lot of new likes last weekend on facebook a lot of new followers over on twitter um, we were up to 189 on facebook i think we got like 22 or 23 in the, like last week or so I, something to that effect and so our top 10 countries, which I think is kind of neat. Um, outside of the U.S., most of our likes are from the U.S., 112 of them. 11 in the United Kingdom, 10 in Venezuela, 9 in Canada, 7 in Germany, 7 in Brazil, 4 in Mexico, 3 in Chile, 3 in Colombia, and 3 in Australia. And it keeps going down from there. But I think that's cool that we do have people who've found our Facebook page and have liked it from all over. And we definitely had some uh, some interactions there on the page. Um, but one thing is hard to see a little bit sometimes is the fact that you want to see what people posted versus what i post and sometimes it's kind of hard hard to do that and so you do have to kind of look for it but anyway we did have a few people post things last week on the facebook page that we have not you know mentioned here on the show just yet and uh brandon there on facebook said listen to the podcast today at work was good never heard about it before weird i know i'm a big fan of fallen skies and the walking dead i liked your comparison between carl shooting shane in The Walking Dead and Matt shooting the skitter in Falling Skies. Looking forward to a new episode and more podcast. And that was from Brandon. And so one thing I, I told him I appreciated that, but I also recommended if he's a fan of The Walking Dead, if he's looking for a podcast, check out The Walking Dead TV podcast. And that's from the guys over at HHWLOD, the Half Hour Wasted Legion of Dude podcast network. I actually don't really know those guys. I follow them on Twitter. I've, I listen to their show. I've called in a few times, but I, I, we're not like friends like a lot of podcasters know each other. But I just like their show, so check them out if you're a fan of The Walking Dead. They try to keep stuff going during the off-season with commentaries and different things. And if everybody's there, there's usually like four people on the panel. Most of the time, though, it seems like you're at least usually three out of the four will be able to make it for a podcast. So definitely check those guys out if you're interested in The Walking Dead podcast. Also, Carrie over on Facebook posted uh, a thing. Said she loves Falling Skies, especially Ben slash Connor. And from there, there was 29 comments from her mostly and then from ryan in scotland and some other people and so definitely very definitely cool there and so i appreciate um you, you guys finding the page and, and and saying something there again it's it's cool for you to take the time to do that so definitely appreciate it all right so like i said there's a lot of new likes on facebook there's a ton of new followers over on twitter i know last week we were saying we were close to a thousand i honestly don't remember what i said the actual number was there in the show 
But uh, as of now, as of time of recording, we have 1,080 followers over here on the Twitter. So thanks, everybody, again, who's found us there. Definitely, again, appreciate that. And of those 1,080 followers, we definitely had some interactions over the last week or so. Again, appreciate you taking the time to do that. If you, you had an idea or a thought or you wanted to share a link or retweeting stuff or, or whatever it is, definitely like the fact that we get interaction from, from you guys out there. We'll go back to the 18th or so, I think, and start there. Um, like I said, don't want to go back too far. And that was after I posted the fact that the last episode was up. At colon F gave us uh, some clout on about podcast on clout. Uh, Assignment X on Twitter sent us a, a link to their review for Words Apart. And then again, they did that today for Compass. At Bug Bite, spelled B-I-Y-T-E, says, At the Falling Skies, the man behind the alien invasion drama Silent Soldier's name has thought five... TV shows, and that's a, a link to an article about Peter Shinkoda and uh, his top five favorite TV shows. Also, at Sparkling Chaos One said, "It's the world we live in, not the world we want." Gotta love random pieces of profound wisdom from Hal. And also says, "If I were Hal, I would have shot Pope anyways." Jerk, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Oh, okay, I also posted a link last week. Um, TNT and iTunes were giving away a free download of the season premiere part one, Worlds Apart. And I posted that on Twitter, and at Claim Levy said yes. I asked for any predictions for this next episode. You know, it was aired last night. And at Storm Wanted Rose says Ben will actually gently shoot Tom again. LOL. Um, also, at Lori P25 says, and she retweeted part of it. Any predictions or theories? Finally, guys, I hope Pope Colin Cunningham gets to punch Hal Drew Roy in the face. LOL. Well, he didn't get to punch Drew Roy, but he did get to punch. Tom quite a few times, which was actually a really good part of the show. Very good fight scene there. Oh, I liked this one. At Pagan Soul 366 said two things. I asked about you know, any predictions or whatever, and he, and he or she says, there's more background story on the skitter I call Scarface. And then again, I hope we'll see more of the skitter I call Scarface. And we did um, there at the end of this episode, and then in kind of in the middle of the episode too. So we definitely saw that, that same skitter again, the one that let Tom go, the one that had the little thingy flying his eye and then also on the 21st at page pen said loving fallen skies also a little scared um at b salgado 224 i guess i say that i don't know gave us cloud on on cloud so that's nice of them at claim levy also want to know when we when we're going to have another fallen skies marathon on tnt i don't know i'm not i'm not sure how to say this one so at my aspil life says, listening to the new podcast, which reminded me, I like the recaps a lot. I like hearing the story again. So it's nice to have a, a feedback on that. I definitely, again, appreciate feedback um, about stuff like that. So that's cool. Thank you. Didn't really have many comments on last night's episode thus far. Not that it, it won't happen or couldn't happen, but I uh, have not had any. Uh, I did post asking for some at one point 22 hours ago. Unfortunately, there were none. So, all right. So we definitely have more feedback and, and comments and things from that first episode. And I definitely appreciate that from everyone. And now, bah, 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 I guess here we'll jump into the Falling Skies Recap. It's time for the Falling Skies Recap, part of the show where we recap Falling Skies. All right, so this was episode number three of season two called Compass. All right, we had the cold open with the previously on, kind of like it's you know usually happens. We have some forest recon going on while Jimmy and Ben are out hunting some skitters. Jimmy shoots one with a shotgun. He thinks he's killed it. It jumps up for that one final scare. And then Ben, at first I thought he broke its neck with his bare hands, but now see he did have a knife in his hand. He killed it that way. But <laughs> this was a little foreshadowing perhaps. When it jumped up and scared Jimmy, I, there for a second I thought Jimmy might die. Hmm. Um, also, we, we jump into the second little scene after the commercial break where we go to the airport hangar, this new temporary base location they're in just for this one episode. And I don't know, one of these things about the aliens, I, I get back to this, I know we're talking about heat signatures and things. Why don't they just look for lights? I mean, this lady, I mean, that's, again, we'll get into this more of this later, but the lady even is just like, oh, it's made out of wood and blah, 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 so they can't find my airplane. It's like, they have eyes, sort of. I mean, I know there's those little beamers, as they call them, or, or drones, but still, that, I don't know. 
There's a little little gaps in logic here occasionally. But yeah, they have power going on. At night, it should be dark. They should not have any lights going on. This should basically be the same rules as a zombie apocalypse. You should be bound up in your little home or building or wherever you are. There should be no lights. All the windows should be like blacked out. There should be very little noise. And they're just not following the rules of apocalypse. I mean, they're really not. And I, I say that just because this last week I realized that um, Audible, and they're not a sponsor of the show. They could be if I'd like them to be. It's not hard, as you've probably heard from most podcasts out there, have Audible as a, as a sponsor. But basically you just sign up for an affiliate program, and uh, pretty much you're in. But anyway, I have an Audible subscription. I'd put it on hold. I forgot that it went off hold. So I had three months that I was charged for that I didn't realize I was charged for until I was really taking a look at one of my credit card statements. I uh, I found out I had three free credits or or three credits there to buy some audiobooks. And so one of the audiobooks I picked up, which is kind of related to Falling Skies, like I said, because it is apocalypse kind of preparation and stuff. And it was the zombie survival guy by Max Brooks. And so I've been listening to that. I've listened to about half of it. It's only eight hours and it's pretty short for an audiobook. And it gives you lots of really detailed information of how to prepare and, and granted, it's kind of silly because they're talking about zombies and stuff, but they take it very seriously as far as, you know, the types of things you would need to do in a, a serious emergency as far as having food and water and just prepared for anarchy to some degree. And so, I don't know. They're, they're not following the rules. <laughs> but I digress. This is supposed to be fun, guys. Recap. Let's get back to that recap now. All right. So Matt is sleeping with his gun that he shot the skitter with the previous week. Again, Tom's worried about Ben, just like most people seem to be. They were in this airport as like a temporary place. They were there for a week. Anne does mention that, so just you know, eight, eight or nine days maybe total they were there. Tom and Anne start to get their little flirt on a little bit again. And then one thing we see here, and there's lots of these little moments that they just kind of throw in here. Anne may be the only person in the world, well, at least in the second mass, that's keeping track of the calendar and knows what day it is, how many days have gone by and stuff. And we can know that it's probably been close to a year, depending on how much time has passed. Um, I mean, Weaver basically says that during the funeral later on, that it had been about a year. You know, it was six months after the invasion where season one started. So however much time season one actually elapsed, it was a little bit. And then we had the three-month break, and then we had the time here in this second episode. So it's been... Somewhere close to a year at this point in the world since aliens have come. And there's still people alive, which is good. And as we learn later, at least if we can trust this lady, which I honestly just don't think you should, there's more people. There's thousands of people, a couple thousand anyway, I think she said three, down in, in Charleston, South Carolina. So definitely interesting stuff. Tom and Weaver discuss how the aliens are definitely looking for them. There's uh, They've seen several of those structures, the beamers. He's seen twice the amount of those searching for them. And uh, again, I, I, they mentioned that term last week, Beamer, for the little scouts. I think that's a new term for this season. I don't remember that term being in season one. And maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I am, because I don't know at all. <laughs> no, I don't. Weaver's thing, he wants to go to the Catskills. He wants to go up to the mountains. He wants to get out of the way and just go hide and bunker down for the winter. And Tom pretty much right away says, no, they can't leave the fight. That's what the aliens want. They're going to you know, leave. The aliens will think they've given up. And so... Tom doesn't doesn't like that idea, but Jamil is in the process of repairing all their vehicles, and so that's what that is the plan at this point. And then right after that, Tom goes out. He hears a noise. He sees Pope. He goes down towards Pope. Pope's band of marauders, the berserkers, um, circle around him and they take him off. And it looks like they're just going to shoot him. I mean, at least that's what I, I thought. But they don't. They give him the option to walk away, just to just to leave, because they, Pope's main deal here is he thinks. He's a liability that he has some, you know, brainwashing or he has some kind of alien connection still. Is that he does not trust Tom to be a part of the second mass. But Pope does say because of their relationship, because of the past, he's going to let him walk away. But at that moment, basically, Ben and Jimmy show up. They're out skitter hunting. And Ben just goes over and grabs Pope. He could have killed him pretty easily. He's Okay, this is my, th my thing for Ben. And I've thought about this today randomly i think on the way home from work or something ben is basically captain america at this point like dude is is a man 
but he's been you know infused with this skitter juice, this stuff that's going to turn him into a skitter eventually if the process is completed. But right now he's kind of in between. He's a super soldier. He's really fast. He's really strong. He doesn't get tired. He's Captain America. So that's a really good thing apart from the fact that his little spines glow and he's probably going to turn all evil and alien on us pretty soon. And that's exactly what Pope kept saying about um, Tom and his son basically and even calls him half-breed several times. So that I would have to think that's maybe going to be the big you know, plot evolution of this season. Oh, let's go down towards Charleston. Okay, that might be where they're headed apparently now. But the bigger picture here is... Okay, survival, but inside their little second mass, it's, what the heck has Ben up to? Where's he going? What's his storyline? And where's Ricky? I still I still don't think he's dead. They didn't say he was dead. They said he was just gone. So, I think at some point, Ricky's going to show back up. I think they're going to have some super skitter Captain America time, and they're going to run off and do no who knows what. But I don't trust, I don't trust Ben at all now, especially after this episode. But anyway, we'll get back to the recap. All right, Weaver definitely confronts Anthony about what was going on with Tom and Pope and all that stuff because he was a berserker. He is a berserker. And uh, Anthony says he didn't know anything about it, but he doesn't really trust Tom either. Um, Tom doesn't blame Lyle, Tector, or Crazy Lee. He says they were just following the orders that Pope's the problem. But the same way that he could be a liability, he's still an asset if he has a gun. He thinks Pope is an asset as well. And so Tom here asks to join the Berserkers. Weaver assigns him there, and uh, which is an interesting part of the plot for, you know, half an hour. <laughs> Doesn't last too long. All right. Poe has some really good quotes this week. It's hard to pick out one that was the best one. Um, I think I'm going to go with one that was kind of seven, eight minutes in there. But he, he had a good one there about Tom being the savior of the second mass and everything. But I don't know. We'll get back to that. All right, so... Jimmy and Ben are out there hunting skitters once again. This time they find three without any mechs. Jimmy kills two with some dragon breath bullets he stole from the berserkers. And that last skitter, I'm pretty sure it's kind of dark in these scenes. I'm pretty sure that is the one that our uh, listener referred to on Twitter as Scarface. And I, I definitely know that's the one later on that shows up that um, like gets close to Ben and his little spikes glow. And so I'm kind of assuming that's the same one that made his spice glow here in the earlier in the episode. And so when they glow, he kind of drops down to his knees. And then after he kind of comes to or whatever, um, we see Jimmy was, was impaled on a tree limb by the skitter when it like punched him. And, it, and it, that was another thing to take into account too. This skitter also like knocked Ben down, like super soldier, Captain America, Ben here got knocked down. So it wasn't like this was a normal skitter. This seems like a little extra, extra special skitter here. And as again, as our listener dubbed him Scarface, one thing they say here was they take him back to camp. Ben did leave the branch in place, which reduced the the blood that he would have lost if Ben had tried to remove it. Um, Weaver kind of interrogates Ben a little bit, and he does find out they were out hunting skitters, and so everybody's kind of upset. Everybody's kind of angry. Weaver goes kind of crazy, starts punching stuff, but he did kind of see Jimmy as a as a son, and definitely Jimmy saw him as kind of a father figure. And in a world where your whole family is gone and you think is presumed dead. Having a, a son figure in your life, I'm sure it was very important to Weaver. Definitely very important to Jimmy as well. And Weaver does kind of blame himself for not paying more attention to what these two were up to. One thing that Tom brings up, and this is a good point, is, okay, these skitters are out there. This one got away. They need to um, just make sure their location's secure. So he takes the berserkers to go sweep the area. They find the two burnt skitter bodies they make a comment about how the boys stole their bullets um tom does find jimmy's compass and that you know kind of is a, a theme throughout the rest of the episode and that was the title of the episode there as well and then tom keeps the berserkers from attacking while the skitters approach and they basically just come to to, to come get their dead bring out your dead i'm not dead yet i'm feeling much better but um tom does make a good call there Everybody stares at old Ben in the mess tent, which is kind of funny. He doesn't like it. But they still have coffee. I think that's cool. They still have coffee. That was that made me feel better. You know, in the alien apocalypse, I could still get some, some Eliano's coffee. And, and that, you probably never heard of Eliano's. But here in South Georgia, there's a, a chain of 
basically drive-through coffee places. There's three here in our town, and I think they're originally based out of Florida. And it's the best coffee I've ever had. Uh, I don't drink Starbucks anymore because I like it so much better. Um, Joe Muggs, all these other places just don't don't compare. But anyway, Eliano's Coffee, check it out if you see one. It's amazing. I definitely enjoy their Tuscany toffee. So I don't think that um, Hal had the option to get a Tuscany toffee here. But anyway, Tom does give Ben Jimmy's compass. And pretty much here soon says she's done all she can. It's all up to Jimmy now. He's got to fight. And we know he's a fighter. You know, your typical stuff in a medical type show. The kind of stuff that old Noah used to say on ER all the time. And I guess this is apparently a commonplace thing. Ben kind of runs off. Nobody can find him. Tom and Hal kind of go looking for him. And then Hal was pretty much like, dude, you need to stop following around, cleaning up his messes. You can't do it this time. And so, I mean, I definitely see Hal was kind of jealous just because he was more athletic. He was more connected to their mom, where Tom was more the the scholar, nerd, or geek, or whatever you want to call him. And Ben kind of connected with him because he was the smart person last week he made a comment about being i'm not a math geek anymore can't push me around so yeah you definitely have those kind of conflicts here and then this is when the plane flies in which is just really weird avery churchill had been looking for them and so she had apparently been circling around this area like a 50 square mile thing for several days um, and she was one of four pilots sent out on a mission, supposedly from Charleston, South Carolina. And honestly, I just don't see why you would trust anyone in an apocalypse like this. Like, seriously, you can't. Like, we've already had the idea here earlier in Season 1 where Terry Clayton was their friend. They knew him. He was a, a fellow fighter that they, they had contact with. You know, Weaver knew him. Mike knew him. And he was uh, a traitor. He was a Benedict Arnold if you will, using those American revolutionary terms. But here you have this girl who's called Churchill, which definitely would I would have to assume is a reference to Winston Churchill, the great prime minister of England in, in World War II. But how could you trust this person? I, I couldn't. There's no way I could. I mean, I don't know. The whole thing to me, all the way along, she was smiling too much. She was a little too happy. She was talking about how great it was. And that just seems like a big trap. I mean, if she didn't push it too hard, she didn't come across too strong. It just seems bad. It really did. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's good. And it may turn out well, and they may go have happy times down in South Carolina, and that'd be great. But it doesn't seem good. Not at all to me. She even says there's a Continental Congress. I mean, I get. I get the whole revolution stuff. Okay, let's go old school. I'm the Paul Revere in a plane, or her. But really, I don't know. I think. I think that's a little too much little too much there and she i mean she goes into several different things um she says they've had three hundred three thousand people elect this continental congress she says they've talked to europe via shortwave radio her plan is to fly to europe eventually like has this whole big thing all going on i'm just like eh, there's no proof she has a piece of paper and weaver kind of takes her hostage sort of in a way for like a day or so I don't know, this whole promise paradise thing, Weaver even says we've been promised this stuff before. Jimmy definitely looks bad. He looks pale. He looks dead when they show him. And my thought there was Jimmy should get some of Ben's skitter blood. I mean, it's made him all superhuman. Why wouldn't it heal Jimmy? That's my thought. I don't know. And I'm sure that's one of those common sci-fi things. I know that's from something. I just can't really place it. Maybe something off of Smallville or uh, something to those effects where, where somebody's blood heals them or does something. I don't know. Oh, wait, was that uh, Superman Returns, perhaps? But anyway, Ben, again, thinks he's a freak because he is, and he thinks everyone blames him because they do. <laughs> but another thing this woman Churchill promises, electricity and hot water and a hot shower definitely sounds pretty good. Jamil's been out looking for snow chains. He says they don't need those in South Charleston down in South Carolina. But uh, we were telling him to keep looking. After that is when uh, Churchill makes the comment about being a Paul Revere in a prop plane. Jimmy stops breathing. He goes and gets in. He dies. And honestly, right there, I'm like, well, Ben's little spines glowed on a couple of occasions. Did he turn Skitter there for a moment and choke him out or suffocate him with a pillow or something? I mean, it's possible. We don't know. They could show a flashback where he does all this stuff. I don't know. I'm just saying. Don't trust him. We see Weaver out digging a, a a grave for Jimmy. He tells the Lady Churchill she could leave at dusk. She says they call him leader. And she just seems really fake to me.
And then we have uh, Tom and Ben being the mortuary services there. And Ben couldn't find Jimmy's compass. We soon find that Pope has it. And Tom and Pope are out in an, a brawl over the compass and some choice words Tom used to describe Pope. And um, Tom beats the poop out of Pope pretty good. And so finally he um, he gets the compass back, so that's good. Pope, to me, when he kind of came up smiling and laughing after the little fight with blood all over his face, reminded me a little of the Joker, a little Heath Ledger thrown in there, just how how he reacted to all that. It just seemed kind of Jokerish. And and this is the part here where it looks like um, Weaver has a, you know said the Berserkers y'all can leave because of you know your actions and whatnot. The Berserkers want to stay. Pope chooses to leave, and then actually Anthony volunteers to go with him. And what he says after Pope walks out is really nice. He says, you know, Pope uh, saved my life. I owe him one, but I can also make sure he doesn't double back and attack the second mass, which I would think he'd kind of do at some point. But I don't know. This is one of those things we'll talk about here a little bit later on. So what does that mean? I don't think it means much. I think they'll be back pretty soon. I mean, Pope was gone the first season. He came right back. So I would have to assume that would be the same case here. Tom and Ann kiss, but it doesn't really go too far because it's her boy Sammy's birthday, and she didn't want anybody to die on his birthday. Um, we have the funeral, and every funeral on TV reminds me of Lost. People standing around holding ground. Um, they had a lot of funerals on Lost. You know, we hear the good things about Jimmy, how he was brave, he was a fighter, he was too young to die, he was a hero, all these things. And uh, I definitely could see a big change in Jimmy from that first episode where he brought the dog along and it caused problems on the mission and, you know, from there and, and you know, people dying and him being a good fighter. He really was a good fighter by the end. And so that's pretty cool. And he was good buddies with Ben, which was, which was a good dynamic for his character here in the show. And then after this, we have a, a good moment between Ben and Weaver. We kind of have Ben doesn't want to talk to his dad for whatever reason, and he's able to talk to Weaver. Um, and Weaver talks about how he got the compass from his dad when he was an evil, evil scout. Yes, I am an evil scout. When he was an eagle scout, and he wanted to give it to his daughter, Jean. Again, bringing up the daughters. He had a couple of those. One confirmed dead because he ripped the harness off. One confirmed missing in action. All right, so, and they kind of joke about how Jimmy was a good soldier, had no sense of direction, and then Ben starts crying and keeps saying he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry. And to me, I was expecting him to yank out a knife or a gun or something and kill Weaver. But no, he was just having a moment with the, with the father figure there, which was good, but I was expecting Weaver to die. And then we have another conversation where Tom comes up to Weaver and says they have 176 souls to take with them to Charleston. Weaver does say that in the conversation. And so they've basically saying they've lost 124 people. And I don't know if those numbers are correct, but, we'll, you know, whatever. We, we talked about that some last season and this season, too, I think, a little bit. But that's just saying earlier this episode there were 179. That would have been Jimmy and then Pope and Anthony. And almost what it reminded me of here, just a little bit, having these numbers, it would be cool if they showed that on the beginning kind of a Battlestar Galactica thing. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the beginning of every episode it said, like the convoy or the fleet or whatever, it would say 5,000 people or whatever. And it was like that was all of humanity where there's few people. Um, granted, this isn't all of humanity here in the second mass, but that would be an interesting thing to, to have keep track of if it's possible. Okay, there's 176 here. Okay, five people die next week. Okay, it's 171 or whatever. So that could be interesting. Um, okay, and then the last little scene here in this thing. They're ready to leave. They're looking for Ben again, which is common, apparently. Ben is out in the field, and that Scarface skitter, as our Twitter follower mentioned, is there, and he comes along and again makes Ben's little spines on his back glow. And it really, I don't know what he was doing, but it seems like Hal interrupted him with the motorcycle. And then again, Ben was in a daze and kind of woke up and... Doesn't say anything. Oh, I was just talking to some skitter guy, and he was messing with my brain. No, he didn't say anything. He just got on the bike, and they left. And that was the end. It was a good episode. Um, definitely more focused on the, the people, the relationships. I, I think this was a good ending. There was that element of a cliffhanger. What's going on with Ben? So, I mean, I, I do appreciate that part of it. That's kind of what I like. But anyway, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies 5. That's going to be the 5... Pivotal moments of this week's episode. 
All right, it is time for the Falling Skies 5, the five most pivotal moments of the episode. All right, this week's five top moments. I'm going to say number five on my list is Tom Becomes a Berserker. Um, That was kind of an interesting twist there. Tom was almost killed by Pope or almost forced to leave, which, you know, whatever. He could have made it and he survived for three months without him, but, you know, whatever. But then, as a twist, Pope isn't killed or excommunicated or whatever. He's held in a bus a little while with his stinky people, and then Pope has to accept Tom as a part of his little group of berserkers, um, which is kind of funny. It didn't last very long, obviously, since Pope is gone and Anthony is gone now at the end of this episode. But we'll get back to more of that in another one of our top five moments. Number four on my list is Ben and Jimmy go skitter hunting, which result in Jimmy's death. You know, Ben and, and Jimmy, for whatever reason, mostly Ben because he's Captain America, is out there super soldiering it up. And Jimmy's along for the ride and it does get him killed. Kind of like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Captain America movie, one of... Uh, Cap's good buddies does die in that movie because he's not Super Soldier. He's not Captain America. Um, and that's, that's how it is sometimes. But I don't know. It's one of those things. And definitely this old, whole episode is kind of focusing on, on Ben and his, his thing. It seems like this season is really kind of focusing on Ben thus far. And so I'm sure we'll get to more into that. But I don't know. It's kind of a good thing in some ways that they weed out some of these secondary characters just so you can tighten up your storytelling. You can focus in on the more important characters more. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Uh, it's good to have people that we know in the second mass. I mean, you know, there's been several people here in the second season. We don't know from the first season. They weren't in the first season. You know, these berserkers weren't around the first season. Um, Jamil wasn't around the first season. They're here now, but we're just supposed to accept that they were a part of the second mass all along. I'm assuming, I haven't seen anything where they've recruited new people. They found other survivors. So, I mean, it is good to have some of those secondary characters that we are familiar with, um, but it's also okay to get rid of some of them to show the cost. And sometimes people need need a death to occur in a storytelling situation to push them forward. Um, you know, it was one of the main parts of a, a big summer blockbuster this year, one of the biggest ever. But anyway, that was number four on the list. Number three... Uh, these last three are kind of hard. I went ahead and put number three as being Pope leaves second mass with Anthony. Pope has always been a problem. He has been a criminal. He's been, you know, back talker, a, uh, all sorts of things, a thief, a liar. He's all sorts of things, but he's funny and he, he's pretty good at killing skitters. And so he was valuable in those aspects. And we haven't seen him uh, being a cook lately, but he was a good cook as well. So, I just don't see this lasting. Like the first season, he stole a bike and ran away. I think he'll be back. Like that last time, it was because he was captured by Terry Clayton. And uh, this time, who knows what it'll be. But I think he'll be back. Either they'll run into some big problem or big something, and they'll go running back to the second mass, or somebody else will capture him, or the aliens will capture him, or whatever. And I think, I think they'll be back. I just, I just don't see them being gone. I like Anthony. I definitely hope Umpo keeps a job as far as the actor goes. And I really enjoy Colin Cunningham's performance as Pope, so I hope they stick around. All right, number two on my list is Ben Glows. We saw this twice in the episode. The Scarface Skitter came along and his spines glowed, which we have not seen before. I think this was in one of the previews somewhere, but that's just really weird. Don't know what they're doing. Obviously, it seems they're activating him in some sort of way, which reminds me of a few things. Firefly, big Joss Whedon fan here. So Firefly, you have River, Tam, who was a, an experimental subject of some weird alliance experiments, and she was basically turned into a fighting machine, and it kind of destroyed her brain a little bit, but it kind of gets better, I guess, after she gets you know through some stuff in that movie. But she, she hears a, a weird little song on TV, and there's an encoded message on there that activates her as like a killer. She's like a sleeper agent or whatever. It kind of, I guess, maybe like that Salt movie. But another one that reminded me of, really, more specifically, was the Resident Evil movies where Alice has had experiments done upon her from the Evil Umbrella Corporation. And under a few circumstances, um, they try to, via satellite or whatever, activate some of those things going on in her and her eyes turn funny and weird things happen. So there are definitely some of those type things going on in movies and TV shows and stuff before. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see what happens here. I definitely think he's... Not not so good here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's very angry. He's very bitter. He's hate-filled. 
which again all lead to the dark side. So, yeah. All right, so that's Ben's glowing skitter spines. That's number two on our list. Number one on my list is Paul Revere in a prop plane. Avery Churchill arrives with news of Charleston, South Carolina, the Continental Congress, the thousands of people with hot water and electricity. I don't know. Like I said earlier, I don't trust her. I don't think it's they should trust her, but I guess we probably should. I don't know. I've been thinking about it as I've been talking about this and recording this. I don't know. Weaver's going to trust her. She That's where they're headed. So, I don't know. That would just be such a disappointment of a season if they get to Charleston and it doesn't work out. I mean, that would be terrible, and I would hate it. So, I really hope that's not the case. <laughs> there are some shows, I won't name names if you haven't watched them, that there's a destination they're trying to get to. They get there, and it's destroyed. I was not happy about such things as that. So, I really hope this works out, even though I don't think we should trust this woman because it is an apocalypse, but hopefully it does work out. And so I definitely think that's the big thing. That's going to move us towards the end of the season, I would assume. They're going to try to travel down to Charleston. Ben's going to be all Skitter, Captain America, and pretty soon he might be Captain Skitter, and so we'll have to see how that goes. And um, I guess that's going to be our top five moments for this week for Fallen Skies. And we're going to jump into a few little things here that we like to do. First of which, I think these may be switched around just slightly in order. First of which, we're going to do Fallen Skies and Pop Culture. Falling Skies and Pop Culture. Now, last week I missed a pop culture reference, and I really feel like we should just bring it up real quickly here. Jamil, as I was watching again, and he, he's kind of flirting with Laudris, and they kind of kiss and stuff, so that's what I was writing down in my notes. He actually mentioned there in the second viewing that he had the biggest Lego collection outside of Legoland. And uh, Lego, you know, has been around for years, and they started out with just blocks. But in recent years, they've definitely expanded out to about anything you can imagine that you can build with a little piece of block. Whether it be superheroes or Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, ninjas, Spongebob, buildings, anything you can think of just about you can make out of Lego. And they have little kits for you to do it. There are several Legoland theme parks all around. Legoland in Florida is there. There's one in Great Britain. They're kind of all over. So definitely a uh, iconic you know toy that's been around for a really long time. So I think that's a good call to reference there. I guess we could talk about this stuff a little bit. The Lego Company is based out of Denmark. It's been around since 1949. They have also oh another thing I didn't mention just a minute ago the video games like the Star Wars Lego has to have those. I played the Star Wars Indiana Jones. My brother-in-law has a Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. There's the superhero one. There's the Batman. Mm-hmm. There's Alright, so that was the one we missed from last week. And then this week, there was some that I guess you could kind of make as a pop culture reference. Nothing that specific, I don't think. Like, they talk about the Catskill Mountains, and I know that's kind of a, a popular, kind of a resort area people go to. And, like, I know they always talk about it on Seinfeld, for instance. It's, like, 100 miles northwest of New York City, 40 miles southwest of Albany, New York. It's near the Hudson River, and it's pretty popular, so... And there's another reference. I mean, I people say things that are like common phrases, but I don't necessarily think those are pop culture references. So we're going to pass on those. All right. And a couple things we're going to get into here next will be our next segment This Week in History. This Week in History. All right. So most all of our um, This Week in History things come from Miss Churchill. And I already made reference to her name earlier, how she, I would have to assume, is named sake for uh, Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of Great Britain back in uh, World War II, who was a great, great leader. And uh, I would have to assume that could be the case. But a few things she said, there's two in particular we're going to talk about. The first of which was Continental Congress. And this was a convention of delegates from the 13 original colonies that were British colonies. And this was their government basically they created during the american revolution and that congress met for about 15 years and you know we could get into the revolutionary war stuff but it kind of started because of taxes and stuff but nobody likes taxes and they had this whole deal about taxation without representation but eventually 1776 we did declare our independence on july 4th i'm just coming up here in just a few days really now as an anniversary of that and so part of this whole 
Continental Congress thing, um, and later I guess the uh, Constitution is that it established a Continental Army um, to fight Britain. That's pretty much all we want to say about that. And then Paul Revere, I think we've probably mentioned him before. Uh, he's definitely a famous revolutionary himself. And in addition to be a famous revolutionary figure, he's also a silversmith and was just a talented fella in general. He's most famous for his ride when he was, uh, you know, the, the story goes uh, in, in Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem, Paul Revere's ride that he's going through proclaiming that the British are coming to warn the, the militia. And that was back in April of 1775. But anyway, I think we mentioned him before. I don't want to get too deep into all this stuff. So that was This Week in History for this week's Falling Skies cast. And I think that's pretty much going to wrap up our show. We, we've had our feedback. We've had our recap. We've had our top five moments of the episode. We've had Mama and Georgia on the show. We've uh, gone through our uh, pop culture references, from mostly from last week. And there, our history lesson from this week. So... That's going to wrap us up. We're going to tell you how you can get in contact with us, and then we're going to have our Pope quote of the week. That's going to play us out, and we're going to our outro music from there. And so definitely appreciate you again, once again, listening to the Fallen Skies Castle with Jimmy and Georgia, and we would love for you to be a part of next week's episode. We had a couple emails this week uh, from Jason and uh, Diver. And so if you would like to email us in, you can do that at fallenskiescast at gmail.com. You can call us. That phone number is 773-35-SKIES. You can also find us on Facebook, as uh, 189 people or so have done thus far, and that is facebook.com forward slash falling skies cast. You can also find us over on Twitter, and we are at the falling skies there. All right, and then you can also search and find us in iTunes and or Google Plus um, if you'd like to try to find us in on either of those and we would definitely appreciate uh, you following us liking us um, tweeting to us emailing us calling us um, leaving us a review or a star rating there in iTunes any of that stuff would be much appreciated and I guess that's going to wrap up this week's Fallen Skies cast and once again I am Jimmy Georgia peace it's time for the Pope quote of the week You expect me to walk away from the second mass? Just like that. And what, leave my boys in your care? Your boys will be looked after as if they were my own. That's a promise. Even a spiky one. Unless, of course, he goes full skitter and then all bets are off. It's been